Hey guys, welcome into episode one of Check Sports. Today we'll be covering the playing games and who we think the MVP is. Again, my name is Avul. And I'm Sahil. The first NBA playing game uh, tonight is the Brooklyn Nets and the Cleveland Cavaliers. Um, I think this one's going to be interesting, uh, featuring a pair of two teams that just played last Friday, uh, where Brooklyn got the better of the Cleveland Cavaliers with a 118-107 win. Um, I think what also makes it interesting is that although Brooklyn is seen as a contender in the East, the thing is they have underachieved all season, and yeah, they didn't have Kyrie Irving for a good part of the season, but they did have James Harden for that, and they're still the eighth seed or something like that, while the Cavs have overachieved. And while the Cavs have over, they have overachieved because no one saw them making the play-in, but uh, lately they have tailed off as a bit. I think it's interesting, an eight seed versus seven seed as his first play-in tournament game. Uh, I think Kevin Durant, uh, Kyrie Irving are going to come out firing um, just because what KD has been saying, like the last week in the media, he's been saying, like, whoever it is, I'm ready for tip-off. I think you can, like, sense the excitement within the Nets because they know they've underperformed throughout the year, um, especially they've dealt with injuries and non-injury issues such as Kyrie's COVID situation, um, Ben Simmons, James Harden, the whole They've had a, uh, an interesting year, to say the least. Um, but I think I think the Nets take this one. Um, uh, comfortably I would disagree because well like you said the Nets have an excitement in the playoffs or playing in the playing game I feel like the Cavs have more of an excitement this is their first time making the playoffs in a long time and their first time without LeBron James since the 90s and so I feel like there's excitement there's new uh, blood since there's new blood playing in there everyone's excited and I feel like the rookies and the rookie Evan Mobley will play well and then I also think uh, Darius Garland has been leading the team very well and so I think they have a pretty decent chance. And I think I would take the Cavs to win this one because Brooklyn just has underperformed all season. And even when they are winning, it takes incredible games from either Kevin Durant or Kyrie Irving to win. And so it because of that, I feel like the Cavaliers will take this one. And um, it's just mainly because of Darius Garland, the way he's been playing lately. Um, I think I agree with that. Darius Garland has been such an uh, X factor for the Cavs. He's been playing a lights out for the last few weeks. Uh, his last game, I I saw that he had uh he came out and shot two quick threes, and then was quiet the rest of the game. So it'll be interesting to see if if he can keep at that pace, uh, or or the the Nets can um do some solid defense against him. I think he can definitely keep up at that pace because before that was a regular season game, and yes, there's less pressure, but I think so, for some people the pressure helps them, and I think in this case Darius Garland will be a key performer in this game. Um, but the only problem I see that could hamper the Cavs is an injury the Cavaliers are dealing with, and that's the center, Jerry Allen. And I know they still have Evan Mobley, but I believe Jerry Allen is key against Kevin Durant because you need a big body in the paint eventually when Kevin Durant does choose to drive into the paint. Uh, speaking of injury, Seth Curry's also a little banged up. Uh, he's I, I think he'll be there. Uh, he's listed as probable, so um, it's more than likely that he'll be out there. But if he's not, that could be a, an issue for the for the Nets who, of course, got in through the big uh, blockbuster James Harden trade. I think uh, Darius Garland, he, he c- comes out like quite quite hot, but he can slow down or he works on his assists, rebounds. He needs to be an all-around player for this team to win uh, tonight uh, against a, a, a big uh, Nets team. I, I would agree, but I think Darius Garland isn't going to start off super hot. I don't think he's going to come out guns blazing, but I think he's going to finish with a decent game, at least 24 points. 
and he'll get everyone involved. But I don't think he's going to cool off because he's not going to start off super hot. But he's he's going to start at a good pace. He's not going to tire himself out. But going back to Steph or Seth Curry injury, I think he will likely play because he's listed as probable. But if he doesn't play, then it could be a big issue for the Nets because I think he's been their second most consistent performer after Kevin Durant. Because uh, lately Kyrie has been playing, but before when he wasn't, Seth Curry was kind of the second guy on that team. And if he doesn't play, then it could be a big issue for the Nets, who will then have to play in the next playing game if they lose this one. Uh, I think the Cavs are obviously a very young team and definitely probably the surprise of the season, um, given their record and how well they've played and how they've managed injuries with Colin Sexton, Ricky Rubio, uh, poor Jared Allen, who's um, doubtful for today or out for today, and then Dean Wade. So they've definitely um, had some resilience in their squad. Uh, I think that begins with the head coach. Uh, but I think a young team heading into this kind of big atmosphere, again, the game is in Brooklyn, so you'll get that kind of fan home crowd advantage for the Nets. And then I think KD, Kyrie, it's just, it'll be pretty much unstoppable. Let me ask you one question. Who do you think will be the X factor of the, either the Nets or the Cavs? Uh, I, think, uh, I think Seth Curry, if he can shoot, if he can shoot um, the way he can, or maybe like his brother, but uh, if he if he can play well, um, I think that's another X factor that he wouldn't be able to go, be guarded against. Because when you give Kyrie the three point shot, if Katie's feeling it from the three point, then you add Seth, it'll be very difficult for the for the Cavs to guard that kind of um, three point uh, shooting. I got you, but I think the X factor in this case will be Evan Mobley. I feel like he might be matched up on Kevin Durant, maybe not the whole game, but I think he'll be matched up on Kevin Durant a decent amount. And I think he's got a good frame to guard Kevin Durant. Obviously, no one can fully guard Kevin Durant. That's why he's a top two player in the league right now. But I think if Jared Allen can, or not Jared Allen, sorry, Evan Mobley, if he can slow him down even a little bit, I think then the Cavs have a pretty decent chance because I feel like the Nets have lately been either Kyrie dependent or Kevin Durant dependent. And when none of them are there to save uh, the team, they're going to go down. And I feel like because of that reason, the Cavs will take this game. But you think you'll, they'll be able to um, box out uh, Durant and Irving in such a big, high, high atmosphere game? I think they might be able to because they're. I feel like they're young, they are definitely younger. They're the def- younger team, so they have more motivation. And they also have the third best adjusted defense in the, uh, rating in the league at 105.8. And so I feel like if anybody right now in the play-in is playing the Nets, I feel like the Cavs are the ones that can beat them. Uh, I think that's interesting. They definitely do have a solid defense coming out, out of the all-star break. Uh, but again, I just don't know if their offense would be able to keep up with this high-powered, um, solid defense when you get bigs like Andre Drummond. And then, of course, uh, KD and uh, their defense is definitely going to, I think, they might be able to, Garland might be able to perform, but I just don't see how, how the other offense will get going. But if they can, it, it could be interesting. Uh, what you're forgetting is they don't necessarily have to match Brooklyn's offense, what they usually produce, because I think their defense will handle stuff. So uh, Brooklyn's offense would be a little worse than they usually are uh, because of the Cavs' defense. So they don't have to really match Brooklyn's offense as it usually is. They just have to match it as what it is or do a little better than what it is uh, tonight. And I think it's not going to be as great as it usually is, which is why I think the Cavs should be able to take this one. I know it's a bold take, but... I mean, but if you think about it, um, so their last game, Garland had 31 uh, on 41 minutes, which is definitely uh, quite a bit. Um, but 31 points, and they still uh, ended up losing uh, pretty pretty easily for the Nets. Um, they did keep it close for a lot of the game, but 
when it comes if it comes close into the fourth quarter, I just I just don't see how how the Cavs can uh, pull it out. Because if you look at their last Friday game, which was quite recent, um, the Nets, Kyrie, they'll have a lot to look at uh, off what they just played. Um, Andre Drummond did really well against them with uh, 12 rebounds. So if he can keep the rebounds going, keep the rebounds, uh, KD can get some 5-6 rebounds. They'll be able to get those offensive rebounds and, and t- turn those misses into points. Yeah, I get that, but I don't see how you can depend on Andre Drummond to get 12 rebounds in a game. I get he's a decent rebounder, but the thing about Andre Drummond, and I think all NBA fans know this, is that he could have like 30 points and 30 rebounds, but he never seems to have an actual impact in the game, and I feel like he's not going to have as much of an impact in the game. But if you look in the Cavs' um, scoreboard for the game they lost against the Nets, you see Kevin Love didn't play as well. You saw Chetty Osmond didn't play as well. I don't think you're going to see him score that little points. And so I feel like they have a if they even get a little bit of production out of those two players, they, they'll be able to take it. Drummond does average uh, 8.8 rebounds a game. Um, and then last game he was actually um, uh, hot as hot because he was 9 for 9 from field goal and then 13 rebounds, um, 2 blocks. And that's in 20 minutes. So when you look at that, if he can keep at that rate, which I don't know if he can, it's definitely a question. Uh, but if he keeps anywhere near that, I think that's that's quite um, interesting and definitely a benefit for the for the Nets. Uh, if you see the Cavs, uh, Kevin Love was lights out last game. Uh, I think he had like 32 points um, and 8 for 11 from 3. So if he shoots anything like that, even remotely close, that will be definitely a big actor for the for the Cavs. They'll need him uh, to shoot well or and play his defense, get those rebounds. Um, yeah, I don't think you can depend on either player, uh, either Kevin Love or Andre Drummond, to play like they did um, in a high-atmosphere game right now. Kevin Love, because he's gotten older now, but Andre Drummond, there's a reason that he's been bounced around a, few, a couple of teams in the last two or three years, and that's because he's just not as good as he used to be. And a lot of NBA scouts and GMs, anonymously obviously, they said uh, that Andre Drummond is the, just the type of person who could get 30 points, 30 rebounds, everything on the stat sheet, but he would have no impact in the game. And before, I didn't think I believed in that, but now watching Andre Drummond play more and more, I just don't see how he's going to impact the game too much. But I see Ke- if Kevin Love has a game like he did against the Bucks, where he dropped 32 points, I think that they would make Cleveland a force to be reckoned with. But... Um, I still think even if they don't get 32 points Kevin Love and they get maybe like 15 points Kevin Love, they'll do better and they might actually beat the Nets because Kevin Love didn't have as many points in their last outing and they were pretty close with the Nets, I would say. Yeah, it'll be an interesting one tonight. Um, I still got the Nets. And I still got the Cavs. And I'm, I feel good about it, I'm not going to lie. Uh, the game after that uh, is also definitely an interesting one for the West. Uh, the Clippers and the Timberwolves, uh, who are red hot. It should be an interesting one there. Yeah, it should be an interesting one, especially with the way Paul George played uh, when he came back from injury. And now that they got Paul George back, they were hanging on the whole season without Paul George. And now they have Paul George back. And so I believe they have a decent chance of winning this game. Whether they win it, I'm not sure yet. But I think with Paul George, they have a much better chance than they did before without him. I also just came out recently, uh, Luke Kennard's going to be out for the Clippers, which is definitely a big hit for them. That's going to hurt them a lot. They need that shooting. Uh, they do have decent shooters around, but uh, Luke Kennard is definitely a flamethrower when it comes to the three-point line. But 
uh, I also see the Nets, or sorry, the Timberwolves. They have Anthony Edwards, and I think he's going to be the X factor for this game because I, I believe Cat will do what he does. But then Anthony Edwards has to play like he normally does in the regular season, which I think he is fully capable of and most likely will. But we never know how these high-atmosphere, uh, high-pressure games will do to young players. Um, t- but if you think about the Timberwolves, uh, D'Lo is questionable, which is definitely going to affect their, their, their flow. Uh, Anthony Edwards got to be hot like he has been the last week or so. Um, but Cats, obviously, he's got to get those rebounds, get those points up. Um, offensive rebounds are key in this one. Yeah, no, I definitely agree. If D'Angelo Russell doesn't play, it will be a huge factor for them to work around, and it's going to throw off their chemistry. But questionable, I think most of us know that usually means that they're usually going to play, especially in such a high-pressure high game where it matters so much so much on the line. I don't think he's going to miss this game. Uh, yeah, the Clippers are red hot. Uh, they've got Paul George back. He's got uh, a couple weeks in him, a couple games in him. Um, and he's been playing well, so if he if he he can play, I mean he's playoff P. Uh, <laughs> let's see if he let's see if he can play well. If he can, he'll definitely be um, be the X factor tonight. Let's calm down on the playoff P talk. He had one good postseason last season, and everyone wants to hop back on him. Um, in, in his past few playoff outings, he was called Pandemic P, Push Off P. He was just uh, not very good in the playoffs. He had one good playoff outing, and it was a decent one. I'm not gonna lie. But we'll see how he does for this one because he needs to show up as playoff P and not pandemic P. Because if he shows up as pandemic P, I don't see the Clippers having any chance whatsoever in this game. Uh, the Clippers are also coming with fresh legs. They didn't they didn't play their um, starters in their last win against the OKC. Um, that's barely a regular season game. But um, their, their fresh legs should be um, also an interesting part of this game. Um, again, they are on the road, which definitely is... Um, Definitely tough in these kind of playing games, these high high energy ones. They definitely may have fresh legs, but the problem with the with resting your stars is the next game they could be a little off. So we'll see how the whole team comes out as a whole. Right. If they're shooting well, then they have a decent chance, but with the, the the fresh legs won't do them any benefit if they can't hit a shot. Yeah, they have the best defensive rating in the in the five games in April. Which so if they can keep that kind of defense against a high high offense Timberwolves attack. Um, it would definitely be an interesting uh, offense-defense uh, narrative there. Yeah, I agree. But what I'm wondering is how much are the guards going to be picked on the pick-and-roll for when the Clippers, will they attack D'Angelo Russell or will they also attack Carl Anthony Towns in the pick-and-roll? Because if they attack them, that could change the momentum of the game. And I think Tyron Liu is a better head coach than the Timberwolves head coach. So I think that is a lot a big factor into who might win tonight. you got to look at the coaches also. So I don't know. I think um, when you when you see that the 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 Timberwolves three men have scored fifty five percent of their total point production, uh, they rely on those them those three heavily. So and if you see their bench come off, um, it could it could be um, they they're gonna need some uh, bench points and bench uh, defense uh, to get to go their way because if without those three without deep bench, I don't see them um, being able to overcome the Clippers. You said they rely heavily on the three pointers. No, they're three, big three. Um, oh, big three, okay. Carl Anthony Towns, Anthony Edwards, and D'Lo. Yeah, obviously any team, if they if their best players don't play well, they, it's a harder chance to win. And so it works both ways. So if Paul George, Reggie Jackson doesn't play well, then it's going to be a problem for the Clippers. And the other way around, for if the Timberwolves uh, stars Anthony Edwards, D'Lo, and 
Carl Anthony Towns don't play well, then it's going to be a problem for them. But who do you think is going to win this game? I don't know. I'm mixed. I, I think I think Minnesota might take this one um, just by maybe three or four points, keep it quite close throughout the game. But yeah. it's going to be close. Let me get a definitive answer. You're saying Minnesota or you think? let's. I'm going to go Minnesota as my final answer. I also will go Minnesota. I'm not so high on the Clippers as other people are. Um, I definitely, I'm high on Minnesota. I think they have just a great young core right now. And I also think I'm just super high on Anthony Edwards. I think he will perform in this uh, very important game. And I think he will at least drop something like 25 points and um, maybe grab six rebounds and dish out seven assists. Let me ask you this, though. Who do you think is going to be X Factor for this game? Um, I don't know. I think if D'Lo plays, he's going to be it. Uh, he has been sick the last few games with non-COVID illness. Uh, so he's definitely, gonna, I think, definitely could be a little rusty. I mean, I'm sure he's been working out fine, but um, he'll be the X Factor tonight. Okay, I, I see that as an answer. Well, that's a valid answer, but I think I'm going to take Malik Beasley to the to be the X Factor of the game. If he's on tonight, I think the Minnesota Timberwolves win it. Because, I mean, you can depend on your stars all you want, but if they all play well, then it leaves it to the role players. And I think Malik Beasley is the best role player um, on the court. You could argue for Reggie Jackson, but I just think Malik Beasley is better. Yeah, Reggie Jackson can get hot, and when he's hot, he's hot. So, um, well, he'll, he'll have to start early, get some shots up um, early in the game and, and see, see how he's feeling, but I still got the T-Wolves. I see Malik Beasley as a better shooter, so I think he's more likely to get it going first. And I think when he's getting it going, he makes a lot of three-pointers, and I think that's all you need. You don't need him to go in, dribble a lot, go past defenders, you know, set up other people on the offense. Well, you need Reggie Jackson to do that, and so that puts more responsibility on Reggie Jackson. That's why I think Malik Beasley is going to be very important. All he has to do is uh, sit up, post it in the three-pointer, three-point corner or top of the key, wait for Anthony Edwards or D'Lo to pass him the ball, and he just has to make it, and I think that makes his life easier. Um, moving on to the next play-on game after that um, taking place tomorrow afternoon, it's the Hawks and the Hornets, and to me, I think this is the, this is the most interesting one um, of the play-in ones. Oh, why do you think it's the most interesting as you know, I'm all in on Trey Young. I just think the Hawks, Hawks are Hawks are definitely a dark horse for this, um, for this chip. I I low-key think so. I think Trey Young, the Hawks are ready for Charlotte. They just got a huge dominant win, um, to end their regular season against the Houston Rockets with Hung Yu, Young leading his squad as he always does with 28 points, 11 assists. Uh, I think I think he's gonna be ready for the playoffs. You know he handles pressure well. Can you can you really call a win against the Rockets a huge win for them? I don't think so, cause they're a team that's tanking, and if I, I, I do know they're a bottom three team in the league, and so I don't know if you can really consider a huge team. And for that reason, I also don't see them as a dark horse. Not because they won against the Rockets, but I just don't see a team. I don't see a team like that being in in contention for a championship. Obviously, the Rockets are no <laughs> no uh, playoff team, but when you see the way they played, they dominated one thirty one fourteen. Uh, they were all over. Trey was all over the the um, Hornets. Um, I mean, sorry, the Rockets. But um, I don't know. I think Trey Young um, it will be able to take this team with Kevin Herter shooting the way he has been. He can get he can get hot, and when he's hot, I just I just don't see the Hawks losing to the Hornets. I definitely agree. I don't see them losing to the Hornets. But the thing is, I don't see them as a championship contender or dark horse championship contender, as you were saying. I don't know. When you think Trey Young, uh, when you get Kevin Herter, uh, um, 
Bogdanovich, they're, they're, they're lights out from three when they're all hot. And when they're hot, they're usually all hot together. And it, it's very difficult to stop. You saw them beat the number one number one team in the league, the Phoenix Suns, um, earlier a couple of weeks ago. And they were just lights out that game. That's true. But how often are you going to get them to be lights out? La- yeah, it's not hard. I mean, Kevin Hurd has been shooting 52% from three. So, I mean, they, they can get hot. That's true. But also, the thing is, even if they do get hot, but... Uh, they are also defensively not as strong because uh, Trey Young is obviously a defensive liability. He may get some steals, but you you want to attack him in the pick and roll. He's smaller, and then Bogdanovich and Kevin Herter are not terrible defenders like Trey Young is, but they're definitely not great defenders. And so I think as easy as it is for the Hawks to score points, what's been the problem for them is guarding the other team and preventing them from scoring points. And I don't know if they can do that. I don't know. They both got the same record, forty three and thirty nine. So it's definitely that's why I think it's gonna be a really interesting one when you see Lamelo. Lamelo's been hot as well recently. Uh, I think he he'll be ready for this kind of stage as well. But I, I I just I don't know. I think I think the Hawks take this one, um, pretty comfortably to be honest, uh, just given their offense, high powered offense. Yeah, I think the reason I see this as interesting isn't so much the records because I believe the Hawks have a better team and they should be the ones that will come out top. But I think it's more so the headline that Trey Young and LaMelo Ball are playing. And I think out of those two players, I would take Trey Young. And that's why usually uh, the way I make my picks is I compare the best players on the best teams and choose who they, who's the better player. And that's how I choose who wins. And in this case, I think Trey Young's better than LaMelo Ball. I'm not as high on LaMelo Ball as everyone else, but I can still admit he is very, very, very good at basketball. Um, yeah, I mean, LaMelo is definitely um, definitely a, a solid player for the Hornets, and he'll def- they'll definitely need him um, tomorrow afternoon. Um, going back to Trey, the other young all-star that um, I think is just very elite, um, he's just the second-ever player to lead the, league, the, lead the league in points and assists in the same season. Um, I think when he, he gets those passes going early in the game and then he starts getting hot um, around the second second and third quarter um, and obviously in the fourth when it's clutch time, Trey's that guy. But um, when he when he gets that momentum, he gets the team involved, it takes defense off him. Um, he, he can really, he can drive, he can shoot beyond the arc and Rangers know nothing for Trey. So I think we're in agreeal, uh, agreement Sorry, that we think the Hawks are going to win this one. Am I wrong on that? Yeah. Okay. I think I think they're gonna dominate this one. Yeah. Um. What's the next playing game we have? After that, we have another interesting one with um, the Spurs and Pelicans, which is definitely a big one for the West. Definitely. Um, it, it's just big in determining determining who is gonna play the winner of the Clippers or Timberwolves, but I don't see either of the team having a chance uh, competing in the West not even getting out of the first round. I think either team that wins that, if they win the whole play-in, then I don't think they get out of the first round because they would be playing the Phoenix Suns. Um, yeah, they're likely to play the number one seed, the Phoenix Suns, who I, I just I just can't see either of these teams com- coming over. However, the, the Pelicans did beat the Suns in the regular season, and um, they're definitely a team that has, they match well with against the Suns, but in a seven-game series, I, there's just no way. But... For them to get to the get to the play, uh, playoffs would be a big big for that team, especially without Zion Williamson. So, are you saying you think the Pelicans are gonna make it or the Spurs? I'm gonna go Pelicans. I'm, I think Devonte Graham, um, Jonas Valanciunas, Valanciunas, <laughs> is uh, they're definitely they're definitely there to to take these Spurs on. So, I mean, the Spurs have Dejounte Murray, who's 
He's definitely an amazing player, but they're still a very young team, and I, I just don't see them beating the, the Pelicans. I I think I'm going to take the Spurs, and that's for two simple reasons. One is DeJounte Murray, as you mentioned. I know the Pelicans have uh, C.J. McCollum right now, and he's playing good, and they also have Brandon Ingram. But I'm going to take DeJounte Murray in this one, and then they also have the better coach, I believe, Greg Popovich. Uh, although he hasn't been winning as much lately, um, he's still, I believe, the greatest coach of all time. Or if you don't believe that, I think you can at least agree he's a top three NBA coach of all time. And for that reason, I think I'm going to take the Spurs. And I think I think the Pelicans just aren't ready for that jump. They're missing their best player, or I guess second best, whether you want to consider Zion better or C.J. McCollum, that's up to you. But they're missing their number one overall pick. And it just, I, I don't know what's going on with the Pelicans. Like, it, I don't know why they're trying to compete. I think they should just be trying to get an early pick right now. No, you can't be doing that. I think I think when you're when you're at that level, um, and you're close to, and they did get into the playing game, you you you're going for the playoffs. Whether or not the team can actually win the chip is obviously very very doubtful. However, the players got to be ready, and I think CJ McCollum's ready to ready to play. I know CJ McCollum's ready to play, and I think Brandon Ingram's ready to play, but I just think you might already be losing Zion Williamson because it just doesn't seem like he's interested in being part of the Pelicans organization, and so you eventually want to. You might have to trade him away, so you might want to get some picks. Uh, you might get picks with them, but you also want to get some picks of your own to replace Zion. Get as many picks as you can. Uh, I don't know if the teams. Um ready to to give uh, Zion up. But even if they are, they can't be thinking about that uh, right now. They have, they have bigger things at hand, um, beginning with this playing game and then hopefully a playoff series against likely the Phoenix Suns. Um, so I don't know if uh, their front office can definitely have to manage that. But Zion's situation is defi- definitely an interesting one. Yeah, I definitely don't see them wanting to give up Zion Williamson willingly, but it just doesn't seem to me like Zion wants to be there. And as you know, in the NBA, it's a player-driven league, and we've seen it time and time before. If a star wants out, they'll get out, and they'll get to the place they want to be. And I think if Zion wants out, Pelicans can't do anything about it. They literally have to trade him. They have no option. I don't know. I think you can always get a player happy. Um, yeah, I don't. I don't think. I don't see what he's done for the Pelicans to for him to to act like he's um, re- just request a trade or whatever he wants to do, if that's what he wants to do. Um, but there were numerous reports throughout the year that he's coming, and then he'll be back in a few weeks, and then he got re-hurt, and then he'll be back for the play-in, and then won't play the play-in. But so like basically, I I just don't see what I don't understand what's going on with him throughout the throughout the year. Um, but his his situation is definitely one to to keep an eye on. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I think we strayed away a little too much from the play-in. Um, final prediction: You think you got the Pelicans? Yeah, I got the Pelicans. I'll take the Spurs because I, I just see DeJounte Murray as beating him. Um, yeah. Well, we have a little bit of time left over. Who do you think is going to win the NBA, NBA MVP since the season's done now? So I'm all in on D-Book. I think he's he's one of the best players in the league. Um, he's really improved his defense. He's been averaging, I think, around 27 points a game, um, six rebounds, six. Like, he's he's been he's been all over there. Um, they lost Chris Paul for... Um, was six to eight, six weeks I think, and uh, he he was there for he was carrying he was not carrying them but he was there uh, ready for the Suns and acted like Chris Paul was never like they played well well enough without him as well as they do with him. So let me ask you this question: You said you D book is that? Do you think Devin Booker is going to win it or do you think Devin Booker should win it? 
Because um, those are two different things. So I think I, he should win it, but I do think um, Joel Embiid's going to win this one. Yeah, I agree. I think Joel Embiid, I think he also deserves it over Devin Booker. Um, because Joel Embiid played without Ben Simmons probably the whole year. Or he played without Ben Simmons the whole year, obviously. He recently just started playing with James Harden. So he's kind of been doing this on his own with Tyrese Maxey, who did take a jump. But um, I think that's in part to how Embiid has been playing. He has great stats this year. And not only that, he's led his team to a pretty good winning percentage. And I just I just don't see anyone else deserving it. I see a lot of talk about Jokic. What do you think about that? Jokic is definitely an awesome uh, MVP, definitely an MVP candidate. I mean, he's a similar record um, as the Sixers. And I, I don't think winning is valued enough at all. Um, but Embiid did win the scoring title, uh, averaging more, a little more north of 30 points, 12 rebounds. It's like um, he's playing at a very elite level. And I, I think he's been a little bit disrespected throughout the year. Um, he's he's He really wants the MVP, which he's been very public about. Um, and he, he's played well for it. I, I think he will get it. He does deserve it. Um, but Jokic and uh, the other candidate, I think Giannis, are um, definitely always, obviously elite players, but I just don't see them getting it over Embiid. Yeah, I definitely don't see anyone getting it over Embiid, but if there is one person who deserves it over Embiid, or who doesn't deserve it but is close to getting it as Embiid, I would say it's Jokic. But even then, I would give it to Embiid because... In the case of Embiid, we haven't seen someone play like this in a long time. At least someone in center position. He he's like a he's a mix of Hakeem Olajuwon right now and Shaq. He's got the dominance of Shaq, but then like the power and everything. But then he's also got the footwork and finesse that Hakeem Olajuwon has. While Jokic is not as powerful, not as physically dominant, but he's got a lot of touch and everything. And they both have great stats, but one has been winning more. And they both haven't had their second best player. Well, Embiid did later in the season, but for a majority of the season, he didn't. So I think they're both equal. Um, definitely an interesting take. Um, let's see if my boy D-Book can get it, but uh, it'll be an interesting one. Um, anyways, to conclude this first episode, I hope you guys all enjoyed um, please let us know if we, there's anything you think we can talk about if you'd like us to discuss. Our social media will be up soon. so. And stay tuned for the next episode. Thank um, you. Thank you.